Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 46 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is located right here in Iowa. They hand-select the beans. They roast them exactly how you want them. If you want it a little bit lighter roast, you let them know, and they'll do it. Uh, it's, it's Every batch that is roasted is roasted specifically for who it is roasted for. I know that sounds kind of insane, but it's very true. Uh, if you want coffee and you go to www.couchtowncoffee.com and you go to the Our Coffees links and uh, there's a tab at the top there and if you click on that and then you go and see what kind of coffee you like, you shoot them an email and you say, hey, I want some of your coffee. Uh, can you roast it a little bit lighter? I like my roast lighter. They're going to roast it lighter for you. It's it's not a problem. It's not an issue their coffee is handmade for the person that it's made for. It's not like they're roasting 500 pounds of coffee and then just like hoping everybody buys it. This is roasted to order. So like when you send an order and you say, I want some coffee, Andrew at Couchtown Coffee says, okay, this person wants coffee and he makes your coffee for you with his own hands. Uh, I mean, he's got a, he got a roaster machine now finally, and that thing is awesome. It roasts the beans so well. Uh, it's going to be the freshest coffee you have. I guarantee it. So go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Check out the coffee they have there. And because you and I are listening to the same podcast, well, I guess I'm on the podcast, but since we have joined forces, uh, Audible Farm and Couchtown Coffee, we have brought to you a promo code. And the promo code this week is going to save you 20% on your order. And this promo code is only going to be good for this week, so make sure you check it out. Uh, it's going to be good from August 1st through August 7th. August 1st through August 7th is going to be how long it's good for. So make sure you check out couchtowncoffee.com. You enter the promo code Schools Out. That's going to save you 20% on your order. No matter how much you order, it's going to save you 20%. Schools out. That's the promo code. And why is the promo code schools out? It's because my buddy Vince and I went to go see Glenn Buxton's gravesite in Clarion, Iowa. And it was it was kind of a trip. It's a fun podcast, too, because you get to hear us talk on the way there and on the way back because we recorded it in the car. So there will be a little bit of road noise here and there, um, as well as us kind of guffawing about a few things that we see on our drive there. But it's it was, it was an awesome time. I interviewed Vince a while back. I believe it was episode number 24. I'm going to double check that real quick. It was episode number 24. So if uh, you, you dig on Vince here, you want to listen to some more of what Vince has got to say. I did another episode with him uh, about half a year ago. So check that one out. Uh, I'm, you know, thanks to Vince for joining me on the podcast. And uh, thanks to Couchtown Coffee for sponsoring this episode. And uh, here we go. Let's do it. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Okay, so uh, today I'm, I'm sitting down with Vince and we're taking a car ride. We're going to go over to... Car ride to Clarion. We're going to go, go to Clarion and we're going to go see Glenn Buxton's grave. Uh, for people that don't know, Glenn Buxton played guitar for Alice Cooper... Uh, probably on most of the songs that everybody knows. Uh, School's Out, 18. Yep. Um, billion Dollar Babies. Billion Dollar Babies. That was him playing the guitar. And uh, after the, it was like somewhere in the 70s, uh, Glenn ended up uh, leaving the band, 
for whatever reason. Uh, the internet has speculations on that. And uh, he ended up leaving and moving to Clarion. And somebody told me a while back once that he, he had lived there. And I was like, what? So I looked it up on the internet. Um, and sure enough, he lived there. Uh, one of the first podcasts I ever did, actually, a guy sent me a message and was, and was just like, hey, you got to check this out. And uh, he sent me a video of Glenn Buxton playing a, a show in Clarion somewhere. So I do have that somewhere. Somebody had sent that to me. But that's a, that's a pretty cool Dope. thing. Yeah, like I didn't know Glenn Buxton, like A, lived in Clarion, or B, played guitar still, or like C, was like available to go see. Well, I, I had no idea until you told me uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever, a uh, week or two. Um, we went to see Jay Clyde Band, and we were talking about that. And I was like, no way, because you, you kind of asked me, hey, you know who Glenn Buxton is? I'm like, well, hell yeah, I know who Glenn Buxton is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I grew up, like, when I was, I want to say, like, early teens, I was big into Alice Cooper. And uh, so, yeah, I knew who he was. And, and you said that, and I'm like, dude, definitely, we're definitely going to see his grave. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I had discussed this, like, a while back with Sean Jovi, uh, Sean Oaks. I did a podcast with him. It's like the number 10 i don't know without looking but uh yeah like we had talked about it a little bit and he ended up going up and seeing the grave last year and so i'm gonna go up this year and and check it out i guess because it's i don't know it's just one of those cool things you never think about how many like famous people live around here or like the good musicians around here are are pretty insurmountable but like there's a guy that probably toured the world and he lived in clarion for like 10 years and played music like all around northern iowa minnesota like northeastern iowa and such yeah like like a huge dude like that playing locally around here kind of cool to know you know almost it really makes me wish i could have been around back then to like just hang out around the local scene because local music is probably i I'd, I'd almost rather go to see local musicians play than somebody big or something that i know of yeah yeah i totally agree like for example when you and i went and saw jay clyde band uh, like about a week or so ago, we saw him in what was it Lake City? Yep. Yep. Uh, or Lake, no, uh, Lakeview. Was it Lakeview? Yep. Yep. I think I screwed that up on the last podcast, but yeah. So <laughs> we go see me like what is it Lakeview? Oh yeah, because Lake City doesn't have a lake. I discussed that in the last <laughs> podcast. No. <laughs> so, okay. So we're at Lakeview, and uh, yeah, it was like their water carnival or something, and Jay Clyde Band just tore it up. There were like fireworks and stuff yeah. going off behind them. I was making jokes about how they got their own pyro team now, and <laughs> you know, like uh, they'd cover stuff like, um, oh gosh, now I'm gonna draw a huge blank, like Tom Petty stuff, and yep. uh, I think I heard heard an Aerosmith song in there. Yep. yep. Dude, it's so cool to to hear those songs come out of people that like you know, and to have them done that well etc well and it was done really well too and it, it was a pretty good variety of stuff too like they played some a little bit of country stuff and like older older stuff and newer stuff so it was, yeah it was kind of it was nice yeah dude so uh you know it's just one of those cool things to actually get out and, and go to a show and and check those things out and i you know you and i have been trying to hit up as many shows as we can with our like busy schedules and stuff uh you're like currently working in the northern iowa area so i was just every chance i get i'm just like hey uh, hitting me up i yeah. do appreciate that too that's fun i like to get out and i like to uh see the music man it's always fun yeah i mean it sucks that there's like a shortage of jam nights now but we, we still you and i should probably still try to make a barnum jam night yeah yeah for sure before man. You take like off. uh and that's one thing i've wanted to do lately uh I haven't gotten the chance to play with many people lately or anybody at all in 
recently. Mm-hmm. So that that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, I saw on your Snapchat you've been busting out like tons and tons of different tunes, though. So yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I've been working at it, and it's it's all fun. And uh, you know, I'd I'd like to play a little bit more than I have been recently in the last couple weeks, but at the same time, I'm still doing I'm I'm doing good with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, heck, I wish I could play more, too. Like, I do have to admit that this summer I've been a little bit of lackadaisical, maybe lazy or whatever the word would be, but uh, I've definitely spent a lot of time being pretty lethargic when I should be playing the guitar. Uh, That Unity show that's coming up on August 8th was uh, a show for sure that I was just like, oh, God, I I need to brush up on my chops for this. So I spent the last, like, two weeks just really grinding out on that Unity material, and it's starting to sharpen that thing up to a fine point again it's kind of a crazy thing like i don't know music's not quite like riding a bike man if you just walk away from it for a while it doesn't it doesn't go away but it doesn't exactly stick either yeah like you'll you'll be sitting there and you'll be like man i, I know how to play this song but i can't remember this part mm-hmm. and then you'll start fiddling with it a little bit and then you finally figure it out you're like, oh, oh okay type deal so i know in a sense yeah it's it's almost like riding a bike but not really mm-hmm. because like you you still have to if you don't remember a certain thing like that it doesn't just come to you you got to fiddle with it a little bit and, and really try to figure it out yeah you know? uh, that's one of the benefits of like knowing what key songs are in and things like that you can kind of guess your way through things a little bit better if you have to or fudge your way through it if you uh, don't remember the chords and stuff you can always just play a lead line or something like that yeah well and like uh, that's one thing too is when I finally when I figured out like uh, you know how like chord progressions kind of work or like you know what key you're in yeah it made playing music or playing guitar anyway so much easier oh yeah like uh, like it just it blew me away almost because like now i can just oh oh we're playing this playing a blues riff and and g or something like that oh yep. that's that's easy you know i'm i'm gonna jump right in you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's one of those crazy things like that was what i was most nervous about going to jam nights especially was like when i first learned how to do that which was like uh somebody says it's in this key or whatever you can figure out what chords you need to hit or how you need to solo over top of it uh, when i first started figuring that stuff out i was i was kind of blown away that i could figure it out first off but then secondly it was just like man i can apply this stuff in my basement or wherever i'm i'm practicing but as for going to a jam night and applying it at a jam night in front of a bunch of people with a song I've never heard before. Uh, it's a little bit more experimental and not quite as easy. So I was always super nervous about going to jam nights and uh, playing and doing stuff like that at shows like that. Well, and that's that's one thing, too, is I, like, you know, I'll be playing, and especially if you're the only guitarist and you go to, like, try to rip something out. You know, when I first, I, I just started figuring out, like, how to really get into soloing a while back here a couple uh-huh. months ago and i've been doing i'd like to say i've been doing good with it like everything i play i feel like sounds good yep. so I, I i i'm really liking that yep but like you know when you're the only guitar playing you're kind of like super nervous about it you're like oh shit you know everybody can everybody can hear me yeah you know? yeah like i can't like hide something anymore yep. like I, there's not another guitar with me like Oh yeah, you know, like I, I have to, I have to do this right type of deal. Yep. <laughs> but and and to a, to a point, you almost can't be afraid of messing up because a lot of the times people are gonna be like, oh, you know, if you just keep going like like nothing happened, mm-hmm. like n- nobody's really gonna realize it. Yeah, and the people that do realize it will will think to themselves like, nice recovery, yeah, or something like that. You know, yep. um, 
I mean, I've done that at shows too, where I hear people that are like maybe beginners or even like experienced people that occasionally will bust out some wrong notes here and there. It it does happen, but you know what? I'm I'm always so impressed by literally, literally everyone's style. Like when I first started learning how to play the guitar, I would uh, oh let's learn like this little blues lick or that little blues lick or learn a couple patterns up and down the pentatonic scale here and there, and then. Uh, one of my buddies, Dan Blair, would, would also learn a handful of riffs and things like that. And we'd like come together uh, every couple of nights or whatever and be like, hey, what'd you learn? I learned this. Hey, what'd you learn? I learned that. And then we'd kind of trade riffs to each other because it's kind of easier to learn them if you're sitting down in the same room with somebody. Yep. But, but it's also kind of cool to see like what riffs people take to learning. And then once you learn handfuls of riffs and you throw them in your repertoire, you end up having your own special style of playing. And like as far as everybody's style of playing, it's all everybody's is going to be different, and I I definitely enjoy that depending on like where you go because some people like to play fast and some people like to play less notes but make it more uh, emphatic of their emotions and things yep. like that. And well, that's that's one thing about it too is like everybody's playing style is almost like their personality yeah. thrown into guitar playing, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Yeah, I mean it's really neat. It's like they're like painting with sound or yep. something. It's uh. It's a really cool thing. Uh, I mean, like we were talking, going to shows and stuff like that. That's probably one of my favorite parts about going to shows because it's like when I see, uh, I don't know, when I see like Jay Clyde Band go and they're going to play whatever song and the solo is not the exact same as whoever recorded it on the record, I don't care because this is their guys' style yep. with like their flavors of stuff thrown in. Uh, one thing I used to like to tell people was like, uh, it's kind of like pizza. Like imagine you're like, what pizza do you eat the most you know whether or not it's from a restaurant or frozen and stuff like that like you just kind of get tired of it even though it's your old faithful and then somebody's just like well check out this pizza and you're like holy crap this pizza's good but all pizza is literally just like crust sauce and cheese yep you know so it's all the same a little bit different (laughs) just the tiniest bits of little bits of different ingredients sourced from different locations make it that much more special you know and uh that's one of the things i really really dig about going and checking out the live music scene um uh, you and I have actually like we went to the Brutal Republic show in Clary. Yeah, that was uh, kick ass, man. Probably about three, four weeks ago. Uh, that was a really good show. I I have yet to see Brutal Republic uh, as a three piece. I'd seen Jeremy's solo a uh, handful of times, and I mean I've seen Jeremy and uh, Alex Trevino, Alejandro Trevino play uh, at jam nights and things like that before, but I'd never seen Brutal. And that's like one of the coolest things is to go to those shows and hear people just be like, "Dude, these guys are good," and it's like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like they're they kicked like I. That was uh, when I first actually come back up to Northern Iowa. Um, too is like my first day. I was literally on my way. I'm like, hey, like this plan band's playing here, and you're like, oh well, this band Brutal Republics and Clarion. Like, you want to go to that? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go check that out. So I meet you and Clarion here, and and uh, at Timbuk Brew, and man, those guys those guys lit it up i i really i was so glad i went to that because that you know listening to those guys was uh, the, uh trovino is an amazing bass player yeah like and uh, the, all all those guys were really good musicians but uh and, and it blended so well and you know i don't want to go somewhere and uh i don't want to hear a cover band yeah you know like you you sit there and if you're gonna cover a song i always you know, if I cover a song, I'm going to do it my own way. Yep. And that's kind of where we're getting to there is, is like, hey, you know, like, I like to hear it your way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, you know, because you're not going to sound, no matter how much you try, you're not going to make it sound like the original 
or whatever. Yep. And, it, and in my opinion, it always sounds better if you make it your own. Mm-hmm. And those guys did some covers of some songs that really they added their own little twist to it, and it it, it was great. Yeah, I I also think um, going to watch these bands like that, like uh, let's let's uh let's backtrack. You and I are actually going to go see the Chris Carr band uh, at the winery out uh, near Badger, but. Uh, the problem with that was like you weren't going to get back into town until um, we would have ended up meeting at the show with like a half an hour left. So yep. we so we opted to go to Clarion instead to see Brutal Republic, um, which was also on the plate. We were going to try and make both happen, but time just wasn't on our side. But yeah, it's like you said, you go see these bands and you see them play live, and the ability for uh, either Chris Carr Band or Jay Clyde Band or uh, Brutal Republic or any of these cover bands to toss uh, an original song in there. And do it For so sure. well that, like, if somebody walked up blindly, they would just be like, dude, this song's awesome. Who in the 80s wrote this song? Who yeah. in the 70s wrote this song? And you're like, nope. you're like, oh, that was me, baby. Like, an hour ago I wrote this or whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> I wrote this last week, you know? And, and that's crazy stuff to hear that stuff come out of people's mouths when you're just like, dude, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not much of a songwriter myself, so, like, listening to other people write music and put it all together is pretty mind-blowing. Um Jay Clyde Band's YouTube page has got a handful of their original songs on it, and they're pretty darn good. Well, that's that's something I've been kind of trying to get into. I've always kind of been about like expressing myself with music, in a way, and I've wrote different styles, like when it comes to blues or rock, like and uh, you know just kind of uh, dabbled with it, yep. I should say. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a a, a few maybe maybe two songs i've written that it's kind of more of a country theme because it's about like rodeoing yep and uh but i always thought those kind of sounded good and one of them's more of a a funnier song uh, <laughs> about uh a girl oh nice and and uh it is like every everybody got a kick out of that one that, <laughs> like everybody just that it's laughable yeah and um so they they all like that. I played that for my rodeo team a lot, and, mm-hmm. and they're they they all got a kick to that. But you know, the, some of the blues stuff I've been trying to get into it, and, and uh, you know, kind of range it out and and do some improv stuff, do a little bit of the soloing because I I, I figured that out, man, and and it's it's been going pretty good, I'd say. Like I haven't been messing with it lately. I've just been trying to learn songs that uh, the guys I play with know, and uh, but besides that, it's. Uh, it's really fun to express yourself in those ways, I guess. Yeah, and like once you start to figure out, like, oh, we're playing in the key of G, it's minor. Here's the G minor pentatonic or a G minor scale. I'm gonna solo in this, and and every note I hit is gonna sound good. And like once you start tinkering around with it, like I want to, I remember the first time I ever got to do like, uh, first time I ever did pentatonic scales against like backing tracks and things, and I was just kind of like just following the scale up and then following it back down. I'm like, this sounds pretty good. What if we jumble the notes a little bit? Or what if we go back and forth, you know, a little bit? And so you just start adding like little bits of this, that, and the other and experimenting to see what sounds good and what doesn't. And then like the other fun part about that was if you can go like online and check out like, oh, like what are some some common blues licks or some blues riffs or just a, a few note patterns that people use a lot of in blues. And then you're like, oh man, I. I thought of that one, you know, like I, I, on my own dinking around in the basement, I play that, you know, so it's kind of neat to see that like some, like some of the stuff that you hear that sounds super, super cool is not like mind blowingly complex, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, um, 
I, I played with – I got a chance to jam with Kevin Bird a while back. Oh, yeah. I was going to make sure we brought that up yeah, in this podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. That was so cool. Um, while I sat there, what, what really happened with it? That was kind of funny. There's hay bales on the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, there's like giant the hay bales the on the road. side of the road. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I saw him singing with a group um, – at this uh, local place, this uh, Sutliff Cider is what it's called, and um, and I walk up to him because I was just curious. I was like, "Man, I really like this guy singing. I'm just gonna go compliment him on it." And so I walk up, and not not really knowing who he was, I had heard of him. Um, I was heard he, I heard he's really good, so I decided to go check him out. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sitting there, and and I said, "Hey, man, you know, like." Like you, you put a lot of soul in your vocals, and I really like it. You know, I really like what you do. You remind me of a lot of the old blues guys. Like you really remind me of kind of how Freddie King sings. Like uh, you know, with the kind of the the slow when it's powerful. You know, yep, it hits yep. you. And I'm like, man, that's that's freaking awesome. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, cool. Do you do you play it all? And I'm like, well, I I play a little bit of blues. You know, he goes, good. I play some blues too. I'm jamming at Parlor City in Cedar Rapids. And on like Tuesday, and this is on a Sunday. And he's like, "You should come jam with me." That's so. And cool. I'm just like, "Dude, hell yeah! Like, man, that's awesome." And he's like, "Yeah, you know, don't, you know, kind of like, you better show up. I hope you're there, man. I hope you're there. Don't stand me up on this." I was like, "Hell yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely coming." And I, I show up, and there was something downtown going on in Cedar Rapids that day. So there is a bunch of people there. And uh, sorry about that. Busy, busy man. <laughs> but uh, there's a bunch of people there, and I'm just like, oh man, like this is the most people I've probably ever played in front of. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Kevin Burton, no less. And I get up there, and we like I pull my guitar out, and he's just like, man, that is one of the coolest axes I've seen in a while, man. And I was like, oh, appreciate it. You know, I got the, that my Epiphone Hollow Body uh, ES335 going on and yep and he's just like yeah you know uh yeah that thing's sweet man i can't wait to hear it and i plug it in and you know just kind of make sure it's in tune and stuff and he's like man that thing sounds good i think i was playing through like a twin reverb he had which is the probably the most expensive amp i've ever played through yeah yeah dude and uh i'm sitting there and I, he's like well you know what do you know i was like well i can play any any rhythm part you know i've never really gone into improv stuff like i i'm not very good at it and he goes all right listen to me man this is what you gotta do and he just kind of shows me a lick and he's just like just stay right there and you know up up a couple frets in this area mm-hmm. type thing he's telling me about like uh the bb king blues box kind of deal yeah dude and so i just went with it and uh we played this this um gosh what was it uh a song by uh that john lee hooker and santana I oh think yeah did. we looked it up the other day and uh i want to say it's called the healer or something like that i can't really remember um i'd have to look it up but we played that song and i i just start to you know, I just w- went with it and I did. Yep, it. yep. And I just started ripping one out. And Kevin like looks up because like we were coming back around to the turnaround where the vocals come back because yep. like uh, there's this dude playing on a blues harp and uh, the keyboardist like they both did like their own solo section and then we go to the turnaround 
and right before he starts singing i just i was like screw it i'm jumping in mm-hmm. and i did it and he just kind of like looks up surprised and he's like damn it like he literally says to me as we're playing he's like damn that sounds good man like you're doing good mm-hmm. and i was like yeah th- you know like thanks man i'm trying oh yeah no kidding <laughs> like, <laughs> dude i love kevin bf burt uh for people that don't know kevin bf burt i saw him hmm, like 10 years ago dude like I saw him 10 years ago in uh, Waterloo. Um, he opened up for uh, Eric Sardinas, who plays like Delta Blues on uh, like a resonator guitar uh, with a slide with like multiple capos and nice. like into a Riv- Rivera distorted amp. Like it's it's wild stuff. So like Kevin B.F. Bird opened up for him. I'm pretty sure he comes from a pretty musical family. I talked to him at the show. He was super nice. Guarantee he would not remember me because it's been 10 years ago. But, like, uh, the guy's super cool. I've been looking to maybe uh, attempt to sit down with Kevin B.F. Burt. It's been, like, one of those people that I've always thought about while I had this podcast to be like, oh, yeah, Kevin would be a good guy to sit down with because he's gone all around the state and further. Uh, he's been playing for at least 10 years. Yeah, dude, not, uh, not too long ago he was, like, a waterfront blues fest in like oregon or some shit yeah dude like and i watched some he had like a facebook live post that he was playing out there and i was like man you know it's freaking awesome (laughs) yeah dude it's super cool to have people like that you know like we were talking about local people uh local ish i guess he's in iowa i'm not sure exactly where he's from i think it's from like the cedar valley area somewhere between like waterloo to cedar rapids to iowa city somewhere in that area I, i think he's from but uh, it's kind of cool to just have him out here. He's playing shows all the time. I'm pretty sure he played a show uh, in Fort Dodge a few years back at, like, the Blues Under the Trees, maybe. Uh, you know, he's been everywhere. So. I think they just had that this last yeah, weekend. Yeah, that was – which was just this last weekend. Yeah. I did not attend, unfortunately. Um, dude, this crazy part about this weekend, I was totally going to go see the Ned Freely family – or the Ned Freely Fun Band in uh, Timbuk Brew. We just, just drove past it, actually. and. Yep. Uh, I was going to go see them on Friday night, and I fell asleep. So I ended up, like, ruining my entire Friday night. Didn't get to go see any live music. It was kind of unfortunate. But. I've, for some reason, been doing that lately, too. I'll take a nap that ends up being way more than a nap. Yeah, it's just like, oh, <laughs> like, it's like 5 o'clock. I'm yeah. just going to take a nap, and you wake up, it's 3 in the morning. Yeah, like, God damn it. Yeah, great. Well, I guess that's what I get for sleeping four hours a night, you know? Yeah, right. So, I don't know. But, uh. Dude, that's like one of the super coolest things. Like when you sent me a picture on your Snapchat of you, uh, it was a picture of you and Kevin Burt, and you didn't even tell me you were gonna like play with him and stuff. And I was like, dude, where the fuck did you meet Kevin Burt? Like, so there's <laughs> there's an f bomb, but like, yeah, dude, I was so blown away. And you're just like, dude, I played with him, and I was like, what? Like, yeah, bro. Like that's so cool. Well, like, uh, and I, well, I think what it was is like, uh, I might have put that on my story or something. And you're like, dude, that's that's freaking badass you know? yeah. like, and I'm like yeah and like uh, you're telling me dude like I just got to sit down with him like dude wanted dude wanted me to come hang out like that was so freaking cool man it's such a, like you said such a nice guy too like yeah dude like that's the thing is it, within the five minutes of meeting him I'm talking to him about music and blue, playing the blues man and he's just like well come jam with me 
yeah. type of deal. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, dude, you're freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. And some of, someone of his, like, talent and uh, exposure just being like, yeah, just come jam with me. That's super cool. Like, well, yeah. And, and, well, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, and we're going we're gonna to learn some stuff, too. It's going to be a learning experience, too, for you. Oh, nice. And I'm like, hell yeah, you know, of course. I'm always, I'm always trying to learn something new when it comes to playing guitar, man. Yep, yep. And, like, the fact that I got to sit down with him and, a couple minutes I literally pull my guitar out and plug it in he's like okay this is what we're gonna do you know um, just play this type of deal and and by the end of the four songs I might have played with him like I'm jamming like hardcore like getting way into it like feel like I learned so much within that couple minutes you know yeah well that's another thing it's it's really special when somebody can make you feel that comfortable with uh doing what you're doing you know it's uh uh, my for me it was Jeremy Ober like hats off to Jeremy Ober I ended up going to jam nights quite often and not actually doing any jams because I was scared or whatever and Jeremy just like I told this story before I was at a Barnum jam and he was just like here hold this for a second he just handed me the guitar and then he walked away and that was like pretty much just like now you're in charge dude you're playing guitar so it was like oh god oh god <laughs> so and, and nobody's out there to make you feel bad and like when you know that the musicians that are inviting you to come play with them are positive people that are, are more than willing to uh, help you out and and make you feel welcome, etc. Like, there's nothing that beats that in the music community. Oh, for sure. Like, and, and that's that's one of the best things, too, is it's been a huge learning experience every time I'm playing with anybody, really. And, uh, you know, I, I sit there and, and I... I'm I'm trying my ass off to do my best, but these guys are all like so positive about it. Just yeah. like, hey, you know, oh, like do this, you know, or you could try this, or even if I'm just watching somebody play while I'm playing a rhythm part, I'm like, oh, okay, like I could do that. Like I'm gonna try that. That's also one of the funnest things when you see somebody doing something and you're confident enough with your own talent to be like, oh, I'm gonna try this. Like it's not like it's super difficult. It's not like it's I don't know. It's one of those things when you realize that it's not impossible and you can actually probably go do it if you really wanted to. It's pretty, like, it's like a comforting feeling and like a, it gives you a little bit of a sense of a pride and you, you actually want to go out and try and share some of your, I don't want to call them talents, but you want to share your talents with people, you know, you want to be like, check this out, you yeah, know, like, for sure, man. Um, whether it be like going to jam nights and things like that, or, uh, I guess as, as far as me, when I first started learning how to play music and keys and uh getting back into things like that i was just like oh i'm i'm gonna join up with a band again you know and i'll i just kind of kept my ear to the ground and was just like are there any bands out there looking for somebody because i can dude i can rip some rhythm guitar and if like absolutely 100 percent necessary i could pull out a lead or two and you know so i uh you know hats off to the three finger betty crew they were looking to uh deepen their sound so they were like oh hey you know if you want to come in and jam with us uh, a few times go for it and I was like, all right, what kind of song should I learn? And they were like, well, here's our album. And I was like, all right. And then literally all I did was just like learn the opening riff to everything. And then it was just like, all right, th this is in the key of this, which means that I could figure out how to play all the chords. And then you just go with it. And you keep going until I showed up to the first practice. And it was just like, I know everything. On, I know all 12 songs on that album that you sent me. And they're like, what? You know, <laughs> like, because that's just, I wanted to be prepared. I didn't want to waste anyone's time. I wanted to show people that I could do what I told them I could do. And I surely did man it was uh it was kind of cool it was kind of the same way with unity where uh sean oaks had you know seen me play with three finger betty and he's like hey dude we're looking for another guitarist do you think you could do this and i was just like oh i don't even know man like i really don't know because it's 
this is going to be a big, big deal for me because Unity plays a lot of notes. They're very technical. It's like a shredder band. They're mm. a, a power metal or a prog of sorts, you know, and I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. It's going to be... It's going to be pretty tough. And, you know, Sean was just like, hey, you know, I, I know if you stick your nose to the grindstone and just stick it out and practice this stuff, you'll be able to do it. It's, it's, you got this. So all I did was I was just like, all right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. So he sent me the files over. And what I did, what I did was uh, I learned everything he sent me because I didn't know what songs we were going to be playing at the first practice. I didn't know what songs were on their set list. I didn't know what they played at their last show or what their normal set list consisted of or uh, whether or not they wanted to learn stuff from the new album that they're writing or the old album that they'd already written. But it was one of those cool things where I, it, it gives you the confidence to actually at least go out there and try. And then like just trying very seriously, just trying has been big in my life lately. Cause you just have to try. If you got somebody that has the ability, but doesn't try, then they're not doing yeah, anything. They're not going to get anywhere with yep. that type of deal. And and like well and that's hats off to you for doing that too because like learning a whole album takes takes time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like dude. to get stuff down like you don't have to get it a hundred percent down but to get it a hundred percent down it takes time oh yeah a, a lot of time but like if you get it like 80 percent to where you know the chords and you know the pro- progressions of it like you can pretty much just go along with it and play it's like okay this this part and now, now i switch to this okay I, I know what i'm doing type of deal yep so and and that's the biggest thing too is like jamming with the guys back home uh, that i play with every once in a while they're like oh we're, we're doing this song and i'm like okay so like what's what key is it they tell me I'm like okay i can play it now like, yeah, I, I know. I know how it goes. I just can't remember the notes. So, but so tell me quick, and then we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I I did that a little bit with the recent uh, Unity practice. We went on a small hiatus, and then it was just like, hey, show up and let's let's play a couple shows or whatever. And uh, I was like, all right, yeah, I got this. I can't drive down that. All right, yeah, we're uh, actually in Clarion right now, cruising around looking for. In the graveyard. Looking for Glenn Buxton's grave, and I'm pretty sure it's in the other section, so we're going to have to go over to the other section. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those deals where I, no matter how rusty I was, like we were talking about, it's not like riding a bike. I couldn't just pick up a guitar and rip out Unity stuff, like, fresh off oh, the bat. I had to sit, sure, dude. I had to sit <laughs> down for a week and grind at it real hard, and then even showing up to practice, you put everybody else in the mix. Uh, one person hits a wrong note, and it throws everything off, and it's it's a tough thing, man, especially when you're playing that many notes uh that intricately like well timed out and things like that yeah it gets- and it's it's really like uh it's 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 sped up and it's like you said a lot of notes yeah so you gotta like really know what the hell you're doing <laughs> yeah and it, it just kind of showed me that nothing's impossible though like if i can attack unity material and learn it all um especially if somebody gives me all the proper tools to do that uh shout out to sean for doing all the gp5 files uh, for people that don't know what Guitar Pro is, go check out Guitar Pro. It's a really cool software. Uh, Sean pretty much just like wrote out all the notes in music form, and it turns it into guitar tabs, and you can play it like at half speed and things like that to try to get your chops up and build up your speed. And that was that was beautiful, man. Like I, yeah, without nice. that, never it, even heard of that. Man. <laughs> dude, without that, it would not have been as easy as it was. So uh, you know, hats off to Sean for putting in like that kind of ludicrous work to do that because that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, all the Unity guys have put in a lot of work. It's been a lot of transformations over the years, and uh, it's kind of crazy to like get together with those guys and realize that I'm I'm kind of up to their level ish. You know, like uh, granted, I'm probably like. I'm probably one of the least talented musicians in the band, but 
uh, it's still one of those things where it's just like, dude, I never thought in a million years, like I recently did a podcast with Alonzo and like, I never thought in a million years I'd be in a band with Alonzo, uh, let alone be up to the level to have him be okay with like standing next to me and playing music. Not that Alonzo was like a music snob or anything, but, uh, Alonzo takes his music very seriously. And I was just, that was one of the things that made me most nervous was just like, I don't want to let like Alonzo and Sean down because those are the two guys that stuck their neck out for me to be in this band and actually actually try you know so I, I wanted to do as good by them as I could because it just it wasn't something I was going to go out there and waste everyone's time there was no way that was what was going to happen well I will say too I and this is I think this is with a lot of musicians uh really are pretty humble about things yeah and like always kind of saying like I said it's a learning experience and you always can learn more mm-hmm. type of deal and um I, I do think you you are way more talented than you ever say you are. Uh, by, by the way, like I want to give you that right there. You're you're a pretty good guitarist, man. I well, I, thank I, you. I love hearing you play. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of those things that it's you know it's really humbling and especially to play with people that you never like you said never would have thought that you were gonna be playing in a band with this person or something or you know when I'm jamming with Kevin Bird I'm sitting there like holy holy shit I'm playing yeah. with Kevin Bird yeah dude <laughs> that's something like that would blow my mind like, like yeah I don't know <laughs> like can I, I I really like am especially at the point where I'm at too is like I'm not that good like I'm decent I'll give myself the credit that I'm I'm a decent guitar player and like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But like not near level to some of the people I played with. Yeah. And that's like humbling and inspiring at the same time to be able to be like, "Oh, I stood next to this guy and played and uh it didn't suck." You know, yeah, like <laughs> like yeah, it sounded good. Like uh-huh. I was talking to my the guys that I went with uh when I went to jam with Kevin like I'm sitting there and I get I get done and I'm like, dude, like I feel like that kicked ass. Like <laughs> yeah. I was like that. I I feel like it sounded really good. I mean I'm up there and of course I feel like it sounds good because I'm fucking playing it. Yep. But yep. like they're like, no, dude, like we haven't really heard you play that good. Like you sounded you, you sounded really good up there. Like what the hell did he tell you? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it also makes me wonder, is that, does that have something to do with like the person you're playing with is playing that good that it makes you sound that good? Or, or is it uh, a thing where like, uh, the inspiration of having that person next to you makes you feel like you're that much better or, you know, exactly and, and what I, is going on. And I think that's, that's might be part of it is like the people you play with, if you're surrounded by good musicians, like it almost makes you want to up your game quite a bit. Yeah, like totally. Like, and that's that's something that I felt in the rodeo world as well. Like when I was going to pro rodeos and I was standing on the buck and shoots next to a world champion that I was competing against. Yeah, I'm like, man, you know, like I've I've got to bring my A game today because these guys are the best at what they at in the sport in this world, and I'm just. Vinny Beneshek sitting over here like <laughs> not really well known yeah. and I, I got a really ride today you know and so I, I feel the same when I'm playing music too if I'm if I'm playing with people that maybe you know like which I I have I, I'd like to say hey you know like I've played with people that like aren't that good or type of deal but a lot of the people I've played with are, are pretty damn good yeah uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I've been fortunate in that aspect too. 
uh let's say like the only drummer i've ever really spent a lot of time around was clint uh the guy that plays in three finger batty unity thor hammer i mean you just name it speed run uh dark mirror you want to keep naming names yeah. but you just keep naming <laughs> names but he's that good for a reason and uh, like when i first joined unity um he was not the drummer it was oh god i don't want to forget this uh, i'm so sorry uh uh Oh God, Tim Tim Cummins. There's that. All right, that right. Oh my God, I feel so bad right now, because uh, I'm looking for Glenn's grave. But yeah, it's uh, dude, like that was a cool thing to actually get down, get to sit down with another drummer and be like, dude, this is so cool. Like this guy plays everything the same, but just a little different. And uh, it comes back down to like you said, dude. Are those people making me step my game up? Uh, is it just their playing that's doing it? Is it the fact that I don't want to let them down? Because, like, you said that, like, a lot of musicians are humble. And we all, you know, for the most part are pretty humble people. But um, a lot of it comes down to, like, you have a sense of pride, too, that you're not going to, I guess, outwardly let out. But you've got this sense of pride that you don't want to show up somewhere, like I said, and waste people's time. Whether yeah. that be on, like, a stage performing for people or everybody's meeting in this town to have a practice. I'm not going to make everyone drive two hours to, to wherever to have a practice and just suck. You know, it doesn't make oh, any sense. Sure. you got to show up prepared for everything. All right, so we're at the uh, we're at the grave, right? Or well, we're at the cemetery right now. We're gonna yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna do, find this bad boy. We're gonna do a little cruising around here. So uh, I'm just gonna pause the podcast for now, and we'll just hop back on here in a second. So we'll be back in a sec. The graveyard. All right, um, we're back. Just got done checking out Glenn Buxton's grave. Definitely, definitely cool. That's that his grave is super cool. Got the. Uh, music to schools out on it yeah <laughs> like written out in note form yeah we were looking at it like what is that and i'm like oh i could probably hum this out and i'm like oh that's schools out i know yeah. that just based on the rhythm you know so that was a really cool thing to actually to actually see that it's really humbling um you and i were sitting there talking about like like how long do i stand here because i feel like i should stay here for a while and just hang out and it's kind of just awe striking um I don't know, realizing that somebody that influential in music has, uh, is, is, like, buried, like, 20 miles from my house, you Yeah, know? for sure, man, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really simple gravestone. I took some pictures. I'll probably put them up on my Audible Farm uh, Instagram and Facebook. It'll probably be there uh, before this episode comes out because that's kind of how excited I am just to go see Glenn's grave. Um, uh, yeah, we like, we took pictures of the front and back of it, and Vinny and I snapped a couple pictures next to it, so... You'll be uh, be able to see those on either his Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or, or something. I'm sure I shared links in your episode prior uh, to your social media. So yep. I, at least your Snapchat, I think I shared. So yep. So yeah, um, it was a cool deal, man. It was a it's a nice grave. It's real simple uh, headstone on there. I was I was kind of taken back. It seems like there's a lot of open space on it, but I also don't know what the thought process behind designing it was or or if somebody had designed it specially like that for a reason. Well, it's like, uh, what's it say on the back there? Uh, uh, it's a gl uh, like Glenn touched this world with his music, something like that. Yep. Let me see here. I got. It. I took a picture of it. Glenn blessed this world with his music. Yep, for sure, man. And he very much did. You know, uh, we were standing there talking, and it was just like, you know, Glenn didn't really play anything that was like heavy metal you know but it was pretty much the precursor to what we call heavy metal today yeah it was like a, a lot of more or less blues rock fields with a uh you know alice cooper's known for his on stage antics and it's it's kind of got a 
you know, at dark. There's a lot of his his lyrics were pretty dark. Yes. In a sense, but the music was like not heavy. No, and that's like one of the things I, when I first started kind of getting into music and people were like oh man like alice cooper was like one of the the people that was at the forefront you know he had those on-stage antics he wore uh eye makeup that was uh pretty he blacked out his eyes quite a bit and uh, at the time i'm sure that was scary as hell for most people yeah like well, uh like um you know what throwing chickens or whatever he did or whatever i don't know if they were real or not but like yeah, I mean, I've seen Alice Cooper in, uh, in modern times. I saw him, like, probably about five years ago or so. And, uh, you know, they do the whole thing where they decapitate somebody on stage or whatever. And they, they go through all, the, like, the goofy blood and gore stuff. And that's kind of, I mean, that's not what Alice Cooper was doing, like, initially. He wasn't just going absolutely balls crazy. But at the same time, like, he had a show that was not like anything else that anybody had ever done or seen at the time. And, uh, I mean... There's no way you could say that uh, Kiss would have existed if Alice Cooper didn't exist, oh, you know? for sure, because, like, I, I feel like their type of deal, almost because they came after, and, um, you know, after he started doing some of that stuff, and their their shows were, I, I want to say, kind of uh, with, the, with the stage, the way they present themselves were yep. in a similar way. Yeah, they just took everything that uh, Alice Cooper did and cranked it up to 10 and, yep. and just went with it. You know, it's like you painted your eyes, we'll paint her whole face. Uh, you have, uh, you know, fake blood and gore. Well, you know, Gene Simmons is going to be like breathing fire and, and gurgling blood out of his mouth then. You know, like, yep. so they and just took gonna it. we're going to blow a bunch of shit up. Too. Yeah, they just took it to the next level. And, and, and kudos to them. But, like, let's also call a spade a spade kiss isn't like the most heavy music ever either yeah it's it, a lot of their stuff is basic rock stuff yeah like it's, it's you know just rock riffs yeah and it's not like even heavy almost remotely at all i remember showing kiss to somebody i worked with and they were just like if you had to sing karaoke what song would you sing and i was like i was made for loving you by kiss you know <laughs> why i don't know i just said that song and they were like yeah so, <laughs> so i was just like yeah this would probably be the song and they're like isn't kiss like heavy metal and stuff i was like youtube the song real quick because this person had never believe it or not never listened to kiss and so they were like holy cow this song is really good this is this is kiss and i was like yeah listen to like almost any of their songs almost all their songs are kind of like this well and it's funny too like uh they've got a song called black diamond that i yeah. i used to really love to play and I, I looked into it i was like man these these lyrics almost sound kind of dark well uh they they wrote it about a cat is that what that, it's about yeah like that it was like a stray cat that wandered around and he always got like a like in the in the city he'd get like soot on him mm -hmm. and so they called him black diamond or whatever huh. <laughs> i actually heard the story like was a euphemism for uh a prostitute i don't i don't know whether or not that's true but i always heard they were like writing the song as a tongue-in-cheek tribute to like a high-level prostitute <laughs> so i don't know whether or not that's true but it could be it makes sense for it <laughs> yeah if you listen to the lyrics it totally makes sense the coolest part about that is when i was uh a freshman in high school uh, they were had to, well, I guess all through high school they had talent competitions, and everybody in our school would do talent competition, like uh, get a band together, whatever you whatever you could do. And uh, 
some kids in my that were seniors got together and they played friggin' Black Diamond by Kiss at the talent competition. Nice. And there were people there that were just like, "What is going on?" And uh, it was it was wild. That was another thing when I was like a freshman in high school, barely learning how to play guitar, and these people are out there ripping up Kiss like on stage at the high school level. I was just like, "Dude, this is so cool!" Like yeah, that's that definitely, man. Like, and that's one of the. I want to say it's one of the probably one of the first songs that I learned how to play by them on bass. Ah, uh, like, yeah, so it's like uh, always been into that sort of thing, but yeah, and it's not a ludicrously difficult song, you know. Yeah, definitely, it's a, it's a little bit different, but it's not like uh, chords. I, I what do you what do you call it um, when you do that? Uh, you know, and. And um, stormtrooping when they go da na na na. Oh yeah, you're, that's you're, like you're a, not you're not like picking out chords from a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so like that would be like a G something. A G and a, and C. Then a C. Yep. Well, yep. they did that uh, in Black Diamond. It's an A. Oh okay. Bow da That's an A. Oh okay. Do 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 do. Bow. Da na 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 na. Oh god, yeah. That's dude. That song. Ever since I heard that in high school, it's like this is burned in my head forever now. Yep. Like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, hats off to those guys playing that in high school. You know, I never would have in a million years thought that like that would have been the start of me enjoying Kiss. But <laughs> but you know, hats off to those guys for being so badass. I, you know, when I was in high school, I had the benefit of um, it seemed like every three or four years in our high school there was a, a band of kids that got together and were like, we're gonna make a band or whatever. So uh, when I was a freshman, the band that was like all through high school had been playing was called the Broken Frontmen. And it was just like a handful of guys from our school, and they played music, and they were they were really cool, and it was kind of neat to have them all, you know, see them all get together and, and play tunes and shit like that. It was it was uh, definitely an inspiration, and it's what got me started playing. I played in a band in high school. We called it Active Input. We played a lot of like pop punk covers and stuff like that, like Sum 41 and Newfound Glory and things. And uh, you know, a lot of the guys from Broken Frontman still play music. Uh, as a matter of fact, like uh, Clint, my the guy who plays drums in Three Finger Betty and Unity, et cetera, et cetera. His brother plays in a band now called Last in Line and has, like, the singer from Broken Frontman is in the band. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see, like, how all that just kind of comes full circle and and everybody still kind of makes music and everybody's still just out there kicking ass. And I, I definitely dig on that uh, aspect of music, the fact that it just never seems to go away completely, even if it does go away for a while. Well, and that's that's one thing, too, is uh, a lot of the older guys that you play with, you know, they'll sit there and uh, almost every older dude I've ever played with, whether it be Kevin or the guys back home or anything like that, you sit there and they're like, you know, music that is the one thing that you'll always have, no matter what. No uh, matter how old you get, whatever, you'll always have it. Yeah, and it really like, and that just comes down to playing jam nights. It doesn't matter who you're playing with. Um, you know, I'm oh geez, one over big old bump. That doesn't matter who you're playing with because I'm like 30ish, and I've played with people who are like, you know, 50, 60, 70, and it doesn't matter because music is the same language no matter where you go, no matter who you're playing with. I uh, just pulled in. We're uh, outside of Clary, and there's a artesian well here. I was well. I was telling you about this when we yep. went to Timbuk Brew. <laughs> And there it is. I was uh, debating whether or not to grab some water just for shits and giggles because I haven't been here and gotten water in a while. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just figured I'd pull in here because I saw it on the way into Clarion. Uh, it's just one of the, that's another one of those cool things where, like, I met you at school and you don't know this area very well, but there's, like, all these things around here that are just, like, little 
tidbits like that or like the Glenn Buxton grave and it's just like let's go check it out man yeah, you let's know? go do it man yep so I mean there's the artesian well if you want to go grab some water well, we, we can and that, that's one thing too man is like we were talking about like when you first brought this up we've been wanting to do a podcast another one for a while yeah yeah and uh we brought this up and I'm just like dude let's let's do one let's go to Glenn Buxton's grave and do it because it'd be a good material for a podcast yeah no thing, kidding you know? so yeah man thanks for bringing me out here yeah too. no problem That's awesome dude i uh i am gonna pass on getting some water from the well because i got plenty of water in my car but <laughs> but yeah it's it's really cool to actually like get out here and go on these road trips with people you and i were going to record one on our way to uh go see jay clyde band a couple weeks ago and uh I don't know. We were just like driving and talking and never really got the podcast stuff out. Yep, yep. But this, I think, is going to make for a slightly more entertaining uh, conversation, et cetera. For sure, man. But it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things we were talking at the grave there about how like influential the guy was about everything. Like, I guarantee you there'd be no, like, none of the heavy music that we enjoy from our modern era would be a thing without, I don't know, Glenn Buxton, Alice Cooper, all those guys making the music that they did. Uh, you know, hats off to him. It's it's also mind blowing to think that like that guy was playing music in Clarion. Like yeah, <laughs> like, like it's just uh, no way. It's <laughs> just so mind blowing. Like I wish I wish I would have known about it. And we talked about this on our way to Clarion. But like, dude, Glenn died when I was like twelve or thirteen. Uh, twelve. He died died when I was twelve. So there's no way I would I was like wasn't into heavy music yet i was still stuck on like whatever my parents were force feeding me through their car radio which was usually usually like uh i don't know whatever was on 97 7 the bolt which wasn't always good or like my dad liked a lot of roy orbison so i wasn't stuck on too much heavier music but uh <laughs> it's just one of those things like man i totally would have loved to go see him live but i also wouldn't have known or uh probably respected it uh as much as i would have in my current day and age you yeah know? at the time like uh you know, I, I want to say around the time I was probably 13, 14 is when I was listening to a lot of their stuff, like when uh, Glenn Buxton, Alice Cooper era stuff. Yep. Um, that and Kiss, a lot a lot of the stuff like that. And, uh, man, that like, at that age, if he was alive and I walked into a bar or something, like with my dad or anything, or, like, we went and all of a sudden oh yeah this is glenn buxton playing guitar in this local freaking bar and in, in iowa like yep. uh what <laughs> say <Yeah>. again <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> but still even then if i had like gone and seen that i still would have just been like that's cool but still I w it wouldn't have hit me like it would have today you yeah, know like for sure man for dude sure. If, like if you showed up and like like you know if you just showed up and glenn buxton was standing there playing it'd be like what in the world like how does this happen yep. you know getting my guitar out <laughs> yeah no kidding uh you know gonna shake this guy's hand snap a picture with him anything you know it's like it's just mind-blowing to think that happened i want to try and find uh the video that somebody sent me a while like a long long while ago they uh sent me a link to a youtube video of glenn playing i gotta go find that thing dig it out uh if I, if I can find it i'll share it again i'll i want to find it and another thing i'm wondering is like i know there's got to be more to the glenn buxton story than he just like moved to clarion played some shows here and there and then died in his grave is there there's got to be more to the story than that and it makes me wonder like who around our area has more in you know info on this uh glenn buxton living in clarion and playing shows because i i would like to talk to some people that played with him or uh were in a band with him because i from what I read, he had his own band, and like based out of the Clarion area. 
So I kind of want to check that out. Um, if anybody that's listening knows anything about that, you know, shoot me a line. I'd love to sit down and talk to you and, and unearth a little bit more of the Glenn Buxton story uh, around the area. Because it's just such a neat thing. Well, and yeah, and that would definitely be a cool thing to learn about, like, more like, man, you know, who who comes to Clarion, Iowa, a, a rock star, Yeah. you know, like, uh, to live out their life, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the story, that, like, you know, and that's the weird thing is, like, I heard about Glenn prior to, like, looking it up on the internet. So you end up with one of those, like, word of mouth rumors where somebody was just like, yeah, Glenn knew a guy that lived out here, and he didn't like hanging out with tons of people. And it's not like he was like Mondo famous, but he'd go places, and he didn't like people just being like, "Oh, Glenn Buxton" or whatever. So yeah. he so he just moved here because he knew a guy and helped a guy out on his farm or something, and that's like all he did. And that's like the story I heard. I was like, "That's there's no way that can be true." And you look it up, and and from what I read on the internet, it, a lot of it is true. You know, he like moved out here to kind of get away from everybody and just enjoyed his life out here in Iowa and there's nothing wrong with that like moving out into the sticks and doing what you want to do yeah exactly um, especially for somebody like that you know or anything like it's got that's got to get to a dude if you walk around and, like people everybody knows who you are type of deal maybe yeah and it's like oh you know I want to go somewhere where I'm not getting walked up to all the time and being talked to by everyone all the time type of deal yeah uh fame has been one of those weird things to me that I just don't ever know how to deal with i think because it's such a foreign thing in general like uh i've got a podcast uh it's got like 400 and some odd likes i think on facebook and i I get friend requests um almost every day now from people i don't know and it's it's just weird because some people won't respond to messages and some people i just i have nobody in common with them so i'm assuming i don't know them and uh i it's just a weird thing to have people like want to contact you and get a hold of you and i I'm unsure why, and they're like, oh, I heard you on the podcast, it's great, and then it's like, you know, you start to get, like, almost embarrassed and humble, you're just like, thanks, you know, like, I just do my best, and it just happens, and I'm just talking to people, I'm a regular guy, you know, and, like, I'm sure that there's, imagine being as famous as he was, or as famous as, like, anybody, like, I don't even care if you're Justin Bieber, why is Justin Bieber crazy? Because everybody knows him, like, it's got to suck going everywhere. And and everybody knows what you're doing all the time. Yeah, like, (laughs) oh, I went to a Starbucks, and 48 people got their phones out and just started videotaping, because it's Bieber, you know, like, granted, Glenn didn't have to go through the cell phone phase of, of today, which would drive anybody up a wall, but... For sure, man, well, everybody's always watching your every move type of deal, and, like, getting everything known to man on freaking camera yeah so. oh, yeah today's day and age especially it's it's wild it's like it's unfortunate but it's not and i mean like that's the best and worst part about it because like right now what are we doing we're having a conversation and audio recording it and we're gonna upload it so it's like not like we're doing anything we're willfully buying into that system of uh putting this stuff out there you know and i've i've done it with other bands where i will videotape them and put their videos online so it's you end up like you just do that everywhere and i don't know like i've i'm just as guilty uh on one side of the coin as i am on the other side of the coin of like i don't want people to come up to me and say hi to me at shows but at the same time i i really do and i just i just don't know what to say when people come up and they're like dude you're the podcast guy and i like ah, i finally saw your band and it's just like i just get super humble and i'm like oh god well thank you so much it means like it means a ton to me that you actually went out and saw like you know i just i just melt into a pile of like i I'm a regular guy. Don't think anything more of me, please. You know. Yeah. Well, like, uh, that's one thing too. And I've, I was, it's, it was super humbling. One, 
uh, rodeo is kind of like that as in a sport. It's super humbling. Like when you're out doing the stuff that I I got to do, like pro rodeoing or going out and doing that, mm-hmm. and realizing like, man, you know, I'm I'm doing this and this is awesome type of deal. Yeah. Like and and you go and, and maybe like win a pro rodeo or win a rodeo anywhere really, and these people from that town are like oh you're you're that guy huh like yeah we watched you like you're you're awesome you know thanks for coming like i i remember specifically one time uh there was this older gentleman uh like probably close to 90 years old something like that and he's wearing like this uh i i just won this pro rodeo so first one i ever won um and uh i walk up to this guy and because he's wearing like a veteran's hat type of deal and i just say i I just walked up to him after the deal and I said, Hey, I just want to come up and thank you for your service. It's the guys like you that, that uh, you're the reason why I get to do the things I, I do, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoy, yeah, you know, definitely. and he, especially in the time he served, he's like a world war two vet, you know? Oh God. And like, uh, you know, and they're like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, thank you. And, and this guy's daughter who's also a bit older than me and it got to be like probably around sixties comes up to me and said, Hey, you know, uh, can we get a picture with you? He wants a picture with you. You know, you're the mm-hmm. guy that won the rodeo, and you, you know, you just humbled him so much, and you know, he loved it that the fact that you came up and came out of your way to say that to him. And I said, dude, no problem at all, type of deal. And and these people like actually kept in contact with these people. Like they friended me on Facebook. Uh, this oh, lady did cool. anyway, and she's like, oh, you should come back up sometime and and visit her or something like that. And you know, it's just stuff like that. The people you meet and. And it's just super, super humbling when, when people, like, enjoy what you do and, like, want to yeah. see you do it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's something that you and I had actually talked about a handful of times was uh, the performance aspect. Even, like, playing a guitar and having people come up to you afterwards and just being like, oh, my God, you played so good. It was great. You know, I love it and blah, blah, blah. And, it, like, I told you, I was, man, people come up to me and they say hi to me. Like, I know you. I've seen you. And it's just like, oh, snap. Like, what do I do? And you were like, man, you just got to roll with it because these people probably are only saying hi because they like doing what you're doing yeah. and and that came from your aspect of rodeoing because that's a performance sport you know like it's a sport but it's also a performance in its own kind of right so yep. you're out there in front of a crowd of people doing your thing and then if somebody likes you it, you don't know them any more than the man in the moon they sat in the crowd and watched you and you're just like hey thanks buddy you know or like i want to buy you a drink and it's just like sure you know go for it you know <laughs> so i took a little bit of that from you where you just you just got to kind of say thanks and go with it. You know, it's it's tough to do sometimes being as humble as, as you know, we can be. Not to, not to say you and I are two humble people, <laughs> but uh, you and I are, you know, we are kind of humble people when it comes down to aspects like that. But, uh, you know, that's just props to you for me being able to learn something like that off of you. You know, you being younger than I am and still being able to <laughs> teach me social constructs and things like that. It's a cool thing. Well, and it's like just being around because, like, I started traveling and stuff when I was younger and and doing all that and it's just i've been around it for so long that it just talking to people comes pretty easy to me yeah and yeah like, dude. Get, like being out outgoing and stuff it, it's just so, it's so easy to me anymore that i could just walk up to any any guy kind of kind of like the whole kevin burt deal yeah i didn't really know who he was i'd heard of him yep. he was singing super good so i was like dude i'm just gonna walk up to this guy and talk to him yeah type of deal and uh it ended up playing to your benefit yeah yeah exactly man like i've learned stuff from him i got to jam with him type of deal like you know you you gotta almost be like that to do the things you want to do 
Yeah, and it, it just comes down to, like, on the way down to Claire and we were talking about, you just got to be the guy out there doing the stuff. You got to try, like, make an effort, not an excuse. That has been my, my motto ever since I went back to Iowa Central because it was just like, dude, like, I can come in here and make all the excuses in the world and I'm, I'm not going to get any better at any of the things I'm doing. You just got to go out there and actually make an effort. Do the friggin' homework, show up to class, try to learn the stuff. And don't yep. be late to Dawn's classes. No. <laughs> Hi, Dawn, if because, you're listening. Because she'll call you uh, at 801. Yeah, on speakerphone. and, and <laughs> make the entire you, class. And make you bring donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. let's just say I had to do that a couple times. Oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, that just comes back down to the fact that, like, when you and I, uh, we didn't really become, I wouldn't say, like, friends at Iowa Central until, like, the last year we started, like, hanging out a little bit here and there. And it was one of those deals where it was just like, dude, you like to go out and party. I'm always out like doing stuff at shows and just, I'm, I'm never in Humboldt or Fort Dodge area, but somehow you and I always had our homework done and always knew the material. Like how yep. does, how does that happen? It's just cause we made the effort and we didn't make an excuse. It wasn't like I came back and was just like, uh, I had a blah, 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 blah. You know, it's yeah, like, no, I did no. this or like I was traveling to college rodeos and stuff. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, like yeah, <laughs> not, like not nobody, literally nobody cares. Like when I would hear other people make excuses, it was just like, I don't care. The, the, like, yeah. Like and dumb so, stuff. And so I kept thinking like when I make an excuse, I bet other people think the same thing I do. And that's obviously like if you took psych 101, that's confirmation bias, you know? So like, that's a little bit of nonsense, but at the same time, it's just the way I feel. So, and I'm, I'm not going to throw any names out there. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about when I say this, but like, uh, there's a girl in our, a lot of our classes that would sit there and just pretty much blatantly say, yeah, I don't even care. Yeah. I, I mean, don't even care. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I suck at this and I'm not smart. So whatever. And like, it's like, okay, why don't you want to learn it then? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. And that hurts so much though. Like, cause that comes down to somebody not even want to make the effort. Yeah. Um, I, gosh, it's so difficult. Like you're here, you're paying for this. You might as well try a little harder than you are trying. Yeah. Rather than it's just like, say you don't care. Yeah. So let's take that to like the guitar aspect. Like here's the two big, biggest excuses I hear when I try to teach guitar lessons to people. My fingers are too small. My fingers are too big. Those are the two biggest excuses I have from everybody that I've ever tried to teach guitar to. I've, I've heard, I've heard that a lot too. Well, what is the perfect size of finger to play this? And then go watch Tal Farlow play some jazz music and tell me that his fingers aren't the size of friggin' sausages. They look like goddamn 12-inch bratwurst he's trying to play guitar with. He's doing just fine. His fingers are friggin' huge. Like, the kids on School of Rock are rocking it out, and they got, like, one-inch little nubs because they're tiny kids. You can't tell me your fingers are too small or too big. It's the people that actually went out there and were just like, I don't care if my fingers are too small or too big. I'm going to find a way to make this happen and put in the effort to try to learn stuff, you well, know? Well, and, and there's not you know one way to play everything you know no. like there's multiple way to play the same chord yeah so like you could sit there and that's that's the thing i had for the longest time i was like kind of thought hey you know my uh, i do have a smaller set of fingers like like how am, how am i supposed to reach this far to play this chord mm -hmm. you know and do it fast you know yep. switch fast well it, you just practice yep you, you just keep going and eventually you're you're getting there yeah when you do it <laughs> muscle memory takes over and it just kind of it just is what it is and that's dude so much of that is like comes back to like when you and i went to a school for accounting and now it's like what i do i do a lot of accounting and it's it's wild to sit there and somebody asks you an accounting question and you just blurt out the answer because they're just like like here's one that i get every now and then from somebody they were like okay if i'm going to make an entry on this person's books which one is the accounts receivable and which one is the accounts payable and it sounds like a simple question to you and me, but we've been like immersed in this for years and years and yep. years. 
and to somebody that does not always do those kind of books, it might be kind of confusing because uh, I work mostly with payroll, so we don't really have to deal too much with accounts receivable and stuff. But to remind somebody of that, it's just like, oh, if you're receiving something and they haven't paid you, that's receivable. You know, yeah. like, and yep. it's like, holy cow, like, I learned this and I didn't even have to, like, think about it and write it on paper. Or get a, I didn't have to do a T account. I didn't have to, like, sit down and try and, like, which one's the credit and which one's the debit. I just said it. And it was like, holy cow, I know this stuff. Where that's just, like, common application of knowledge. Putting in that little bit of an effort uh, is just enough to get you to have the knowledge to do things. You don't have to be the most talented person in the world to go out there and do that stuff. Um, going out and watching music, some of the most entertaining musicians I've seen aren't shredders. They aren't people that can play a million miles an hour. They aren't people that can sweep pick. They don't tap like Eddie Van Halen. But I still enjoy their music. Why? Because they're out there every week playing the stuff that they're playing. And it's, it's yeah, entertaining it's to me. Yeah. You know, if you got to put that effort in. Um, and you've been putting the effort in quite a bit lately. Like, you know, I see you on Snapchat. You've been practicing more than you ever have. You're... Yeah, it always seems like you're learning like a new song, and I don't know where you're getting yeah. all these song ideas from. Like I just kind of, I'm listening to something, and I'm just like, man, I'm gonna play that and see, it. and I'm gonna record it on my Snapchat, and if it sounds good, I'm gonna put it on my story. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, <laughs> that's like the coolest thing ever too to just listen to a song and be like, I think I can play this. Where uh, it's so funny to ask somebody that doesn't play music, you're like, hey, give me some song suggestions of stuff you think I should play, and they're like, uh, I don't know, let's just throw out like they just throw out like a van halen song and you're like well that might be a little difficult and they're like i don't know how difficult songs are and it's like just listen to what songs sound like they don't have a whole lot of notes but somebody that doesn't play music they don't know any more than yeah. the man in the moon exactly i've had a lot of people be like oh dude you should play this song and i'm like i could try to play that song yeah <laughs> i can i will if you really want to hear me play that song i will try and if it sounds good enough I will send it to you or put it on my story type of deal. Like I will, I will do that. But if it's just not working out, nah, it's just, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's there's some songs like yeah, I could play this, but I can't play it and sing it. You know, yeah, like stuff yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. There's there are a lot of songs that are like oh yeah, you know I can play that song and I can sing that song, but I can't play that song and sing it at the same exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and like kudos to your Snapchat account because like I would watch songs that you would play in your snapchat account and i had to play that show at the arts festival or at the arts center in Humboldt that you went to actually you showed up and, and watched yeah, me play yeah, which uh you know thanks a million for doing that you're uh one of a handful of people that actually just came out just to see me play so that was <laughs> a really humbling that you'd like drive to Humboldt to watch that yeah. but like yeah i don't know it's just really neat to to be able to i was trying to find the right set of songs to play and i had stuff that would cover like I had to cover two hours, and I had stuff that would cover about an hour and a half. And I was like, I need to pick out some new songs. So, like, what I would do is I would just go through your Snapchat and just be like, oh, can't you see? Like, oh, I never even thought of playing this song. And Vinny's playing it and just ripping it up, so I'm going to play this song, you know? So, like, <laughs> you, I started picking ideas from you on your Snapchat, whether or not, like... Well, I, and I, I remember that, too, because you got a hold of me, and you're like, man, is there anything, like, you can you can send me, you know, maybe? And I'm, I'm like... I'm searching for ideas, and I'm like, well, you know, I know I know your style. I know what you like to play, so I'm going to try to pick songs out like that type of deal. Yep. And I, I tried to help you out, so, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Well, yeah. You, you looked at that and, and yeah, took worked, from it. Yeah, man. it worked really good. Uh, I mean, even on Can't You See, I ended up throwing that on a loop and playing a solo over it. So that yeah, was, that sure. was that kind of neat. That was pretty good, too. You did that one good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, that's, that's another thing we were talking earlier. Like, 
when you're the only one up there playing, if you're playing the only one playing leads, you can't hide, you know, especially like with me where I'm playing the backup, looping it, and then playing leads over top. There's nobody else on stage with me. <laughs> like, and I wasn't on a stage. I was just in the corner of a room. But still, it was just like, oh, no, there's like, there's nowhere to hide, like, physically or sonically or anywhere. Like, I can't hide at all. Yep. But it also comes down to, like we've said many times before, some people can't play music and don't know it any more than the man in the moon. And I was just tuning stuff up, and the guy at the bar there was like, dude, this sounds so good. And I'm like, I'm just tuning the guitar. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, sounds great. And I'm like, okay. You know, so that kind of put me at a little bit of at ease. And I always, always seem to forget that, that not everybody plays music. Um, and I go places, and I'm always so, like, almost embarrassed to play in front of people. I don't know what the deal is, but... Uh, dude same it's like uh you get up there and especially if there's a like a good amount of people you're like oh man you know like i'm yeah. not good enough to play in front of the <laughs> this many people yeah but yeah. like at the end of the day I, I don't know why i think that because i know i'm i am good enough yeah. like to do it i'm a i'm a decent singer too like i love to sing uh-huh. so like why i'm that's the most embarrassing part for me is like i get up there to sing and I've been told by a lot of people, like, man, you're, like, a really good singer type of deal. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah, thanks, but, like, I don't think so type of deal. Yeah, but, like, you get up there and and you do it and and uh, it's almost like, man, like, why am I, like, I don't even think this sounds good right now, but everybody else is enjoying it, so why the hell am I not? <laughs> like, yeah, and, it, you know, it comes down to the fact you may not think that you're, like, the best, best singer in the world, but at the same time, like, who else is out there singing? Uh, what are the other options at this given moment? Like, if you weren't singing, somebody else in the room would have to sing, and who else is better than you at singing? Probably nobody. You know, nobody else had the guts to go up there and do it anyways. Yeah, for sure. You like, know. that's one thing jamming with the dudes back home is, like, one day, I mentioned this on our last podcast I did with you, one day I'm just sitting there jamming with them, playing guitar, and they're like, well, you know, you want to sing anything? I said, no. <laughs> well, why don't you try this one? You know, do you know the lyrics to the song? I said, well, yeah. Well, go ahead. And I start singing. They're like, man, I think you're our new singer. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay. That's like a humbling thing, though. Singing is not as... I've always been amused by singing. Um, fun story for everybody. I, I sang in school until eighth grade um, when I was asked to no longer sing in school uh, in the chorus. Uh, believe it or not, like... I was not good. Um, I was so not good that they asked me to just, like, not come back. <laughs> like, that's how not good I was. So, and, like, that stuck with me my whole entire life until I finally got older and was like, oh, you don't have to, like, I don't know. I want to say you don't have to be good, but, like, blues doesn't require anybody to be, like, super singer number one. You yeah, know? it's just like a... If you can put your soul into it, I always felt if you can put your soul into it, it's gonna sound good. Yeah, dude. You know, like that's just what it is. I've I've heard people sing that like aren't the greatest of singers, but once they put their heart into it and their fucking soul, yeah, bomb there. But yeah. <laughs> like when they do that, man, they like it, it sounds great. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like because I was hanging out with a couple people jamming one time, and there's this gal that was singing, and. You know, she was doing okay-ish, and I was like, oh, okay, you know. And then she sings this song that obviously has some meaning to her. Yep. And, like, just rips it up. And I was like, dude. I walked up, and I was like, I, I just told her, I said, you know what you got to do? She's like, what? I said, you got to do exactly that every damn time. Yeah. You know, and you're, and you're going to be amazing. Yeah. You know, like, you, because that sounded great. And you got up, you went up there and ripped that song up. Because 
it means something to you. Uh huh. It means something to you. And if you just find a way to make every song that you sing mean something to you in that way, yeah, then it, it's gonna sound great. Uh, case in point for my example for that exactly would be uh, I like to play Ted Nugent songs, and I I can't sing hundred uh, percent like either Ted or who was the other guy that Saint Holmes. Yeah, I can't. And the other guy, yeah, Charlie was it Derek Saint Holmes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I can't sing like them. Uh, Ted can kind of like pull it off if you watch his, or listen to his live albums. He does a good enough job at like covering the Derek St. Holmes stuff. But at the same time, like I was like, I wanted to do uh storm Troopin', which I felt was very, um, fitting for the time. Uh, last year at the rock and picnic in Humboldt, I played storm Troopin', And like I said, I can't sing those notes as perfectly as they can and whatever, but I put my like heart and soul into it and sang it the best I could. Uh, it was a song that was very important to me. I felt like it had a lot of, uh, connections to what was going on in today where it's, it's a bunch of people that are always looking over your shoulder, telling you what to do. They're uh, judging you and correcting you on all these things. And, and you just got to get ready because those stormtroopers are coming. You know, yeah. whether or not it's actual stormtroopers or whether or not it's the man or whether or not it's uh, social media people coming after you or whatever it is. Like, I was just like, man, I'm feeling this. And I got done singing that. And some guy after the show was just like, dude, you have a business card for your band. And I just threw together like a one-off band with like <laughs> Jeff Blummel, Dan Blair, and Nick Earhart. And I was like, oh, no, we just played this one show just to fill up the show because they had uh, an issue with booking. So we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll play this show, no problem. And uh, so we threw a few songs together and played it. But like the guy was just like, dude, you you nailed Stormtrooping. Like I've never heard anybody cover a Ted Nugent song. It's dude, so cool. For and- sure. That's, that's one thing too, as I mentioned to you. Uh, when you posted that on Facebook, yep, and I was just like, dude, I've never heard anybody cover this damn song. Yeah, like I, I hit you up right away. I think I commented on it, and I just like stormtrooping in all caps. Yep. Like, yeah, like, dude, this kick ass. Like, yep. no, no way, never. Like, always been a song I've liked to play, and like, so I sit there and think about it, and I'm like, dude, you know, like that was awesome, and that's that's really what kind of hit it off between me and you is when I said that, and you're like, oh hell yeah, dude, like I yeah. love playing that stuff. Yeah, this guy knows stormtrooping. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, like this is cool. Oh god, so we finally made it back to Humboldt. We've got well, I guess we got well over an hour recorded here. There's only about 15 minutes on the recorder. Uh, we did cover most of the stuff I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Kevin B. F. Burt for sure. Uh, that was something that was in the back of my mind, like, ever since I saw that snap. I even was just like, screenshot, like, yep. this is cool. <laughs> i got to save this because someone's got to save this. This is a badass picture. And Well, that, that was cool, too, because when I, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, you know, like, can I take a selfie with you real quick? And he's just like, of course, man, get that sweet Epiphone in a picture with me, man. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, dude. dude Hell yeah. yeah. And, you know, hats off to, to Kevin B.F. Burt. He's, like we, we've talked so many times, he's such a nice guy. He looks so happy in that picture. Oh, for sure, You man. know, uh, he's just, I don't know too many people that are like, I wouldn't say he's like an established musician, but I don't know anybody that's that established that would be willing to take the time to just be like, all right, dude, I'm going to teach you a couple licks here and we're going to apply them to the song and you're going to jam with me. Yeah. You know, like that's the coolest thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, it literally you know? took a couple seconds. Like, that's why I mentioned it before. Like when I got done playing with him, I walked up to my buddies 
that came there with me and they're like, dude, what did, what did he teach you? Yeah. Like, cause I saw you guys talking up there about something and you guys were kind of playing a little bit before you guys actually turned, like cranked it up and started playing. And I'm like, dude, I'll tell you guys when we get back and we're jamming at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'll show you. <laughs> That's so cool. But yeah. I mean, that also goes to show you that like, I'm sure he didn't show you anything mind blowing. It was just like, dude, this is so simple. Like, yeah. how did I, A, not know this, B, not think of this. And like. I run into that so many times with the guitar where I learn something. I'm like, oh, this isn't that hard. And I thought, like, what these people were doing was just, like, ludicrous. It's so intricate. You know? And, like, well, that's that's something he said, too. He was just like, man, you know, you don't have to think about playing guitar too hard. It's it's a simple thing if you want it to be a simple thing. Yeah, like, that's and, true. And, that's true. Yeah, and there's so much truth behind that, man. Like, God, yeah. So we made the Glenn Buxton trip. We'll have pictures online for sure. Um Maybe even Vinny's got some on his Snapchat right now. I don't know. <laughs> but not yeah, yet. Not, not yet. yet. Soon. But yeah, so, uh, you know, huge props for going with me on a little road trip to Clarion today to see Glenn Buxton's grave. Uh, I th- I, I'm going to look up exactly where it's at just so I can let everybody know in case you guys want to go check it out. I think it's in the Evergreen Cemetery, I believe is what it was called. Uh, yeah, Evergreen Cemetery in Clarion. It's on the, it'd be on the east end of Clarion. It's the... Uh, I don't know the lot number, but it would be the farther east lot of the two. And uh, I found a website that had explained where it was at, and it's it's near the Evergreen Trees, past the Caretakers Garage. So yeah, if you it's go- like the very south end. Yes. So if you see the Caretakers Garage, just go to the south end and just walk down the aisle, and you'll see it there. Uh, it's it, you know it's a great thing to have around. I'd love to. Uh, there were gifts on it. There was uh, like little trinkets and rocks and pennies and stuff. I left a guitar pick out there. Uh, I would love to have as many people from the area go out there and just adorn that grave the way that so many rock stars graves have been adorned. It would be a great thing to see, uh, to support in the area, especially just to do, uh, for people that don't know we're out there doing it, people that don't know that you're listening to this and I went out and saw it. Like it'd be so cool for somebody just to go out there and, and drop a drumstick out there or, or throw your own guitar pick or Yeah, for sure, or man. Le- that's or that's leave- what I think is cool. You got your own like Unity Peter Stockdale guitar pick that you leave, leave there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, you know, I had to leave him something to pluck on while I wasn't yeah, there. So yeah, for sure, so, man. so now he can pluck some riffs while I'm not around. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, thanks again for joining me on this podcast, man. It's always great to sit down and talk with you. Oh, Uh, for sure, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to another show sometime because, man, like you and I have been killing it going to a lot of shows lately, whether it be uh, we went to that art show in Des Moines, uh, Two Broke for the Arts Festival Fest. Uh, We went to go see J. Clyde Band, and we've seen Brutal Republic, like, all in the last month. So we're doing pretty good, man. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and it's been super fun. Uh, That show in Des Moines. Dude, I'm not too big into like the super hardcore thrash stuff. Yep. But those guys, all every band there killed it. Yeah, like, dude. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm obviously partial to Thorhammer because it's more like uh, like Iron Maideny kind of new wave of British heavy metal kind of stuff. But like, yeah, those like uh, I don't want to call like speed thrash or whatever you want to call uh, the other bands. That dude, it was good. I love seeing them play live. It's another one of those things you were talking. You could just see the energy coming out of those people, and you know they like doing what they're doing. No, for sure. Even if I can't understand what the vocalist is saying. Well, and it was yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so uh, it was so hot in there too. Like it was oh, hot out. Man. And the day before, they uh, the one dudes were saying they played in Chicago, and their drummer like passed out. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's, Damn. That's insanity. So. uh <laughs> You know, all the traveling bands out there, thanks for doing what you're doing. Really appreciate that. Uh, Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Vinny. For sure, man. Anytime. 
that's my good buddy Vince. Oh, man. If you want to uh, know about how Vince and I met up, you can kind of check out the older episode that we did together. It was episode number 24. Uh, you can kind of get our backstory and, uh, like I said, how we met up. Uh, we're, we've been going to a lot of shows lately and stuff and hanging out. It's a pretty fun guy. So uh, check out, I guess he doesn't have a band, but uh, I, I'll post his Snapchat or something down below, his Facebook, anything. So you can uh, get in contact with him because he likes playing guitar and uh, he posts a lot of guitar videos on his Snapchat. And that's pretty cool. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it takes a lot of guts to go out there and actually... You know, put yourself out there like that. So uh, props, Vince, for doing that. Uh, I also want to say thanks to Vince for going with me to Clarion to check out Glenn Buxton's grave. It was a, it was a hell of a good time. It was kind of weird because uh, I'm not super, like, affected by that stuff, and I'm not super, super social about, like, the, the religion aspect of it being spiritual and a lot. I mean, like, I am internally, but as far as uh, showing it outwardly and super emotionally... I'm not like a very somber person around stuff like that. I'm just kind of just kind of take it as it is. But uh, it was weird. It was weird to stand there and and just it was like I felt like I should be doing something or uh, I should be. I don't know. Like it it was it was awe inspiring uh, in in certain aspects. It was just kind of weird because I I left a pick on the gravesite. I thought that was pretty nice. You know, I can let him let him play some guitar if I'm not around or whatever. You know, just get that spirit of music back over there um it's it was just crazy like the drive home uh was very self-reflective i don't honestly don't remember recording most of the ride home i was just blabbing while i was thinking about how cool it was that i went and saw glenn buxton's grave and and how cool it was that he lived in clarion for a while and and you know i want to put out kind of like an all points bulletin i know there's got to be somebody out there that's listening that uh, had some interaction with glenn and uh, maybe even played guitar with him or was in his bands and stuff. I would love, love, love to get a hold of some of those people and talk to them and hear what they had to say. Uh, people that went to jam nights with him or uh, just hung out with him or anything. If, you, if anybody knows anything, uh, hit us up at Audible Farm. Go to www.audiblefarm.com. You can uh, just fill out that form there and, and say, hey, uh, hit me up. I got some stories and I'll, I'll, I would love to come sit and hang out with you and, and hear some glenn buxton stories that would that would be really really cool uh you know while you're at www.audiblefarm.com you can check out all the links to all the social media i have there as well as well you can list where you can listen to this podcast uh if you're already listening to it you probably already found where you can listen to it but uh if you just like clicked a random link and you're listening to this and you're like ah maybe i have you know stitcher or something well guess what i do you know so check it out uh, there's links down below there's also links uh everywhere at www.audiblefarm.com to check out all the goodies there uh social media and beyond so uh i want to say thanks to iowa podcast network for setting that up for us uh huge hats off to iowa podcast network thank you thank you uh what else do we got to talk about well there's a helium prime show coming up in uh exactly one week exactly one week from today it is going to be august 8th it is in um at Spicoli's in Waterloo, Cedar Falls. Uh, there's a Facebook event page for it. Unity is playing. Unity is playing that show. Uh, we are opening up for Nova Rain and Helion Prime. It is going to be amazing. Uh, I've interviewed everybody from Unity on my podcast. So if you guys want to check that out, just kind of peel back through there. Uh, Clint, Marco, Sean, and uh, Alonzo are the guys that I've interviewed. So, so check that out. Make sure you uh, contact those guys if you want to uh, say hi to them or whatever. I left their social medias in their descriptions down below. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a show, so make sure you check out that show. I know it's on a Thursday night and everybody's got work and, and a life and a job and everything else, but it's, it's going to be a hell of a show. 
it's, I can't even believe I get to play shows like this. It's so cool. So hats off to all the Unity guys for, uh, you know, letting me crash the party on the Unity gang there and uh, and sticking with me over the years because I, you know, I, I friggin' love playing guitar with those guys. It's a lot of notes. It's a lot of crazy times. Everything's really tight. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, shout out to that. Make sure you check out that show on August 8th. Uh, go to the Unity Facebook page for more information on that. Uh, you know, I just got to say thanks once again to Vince for joining me on this podcast. I had a hell of a fun time hanging out with him. I also got to say thanks to Couchtown Coffee for doing all the things they've done for us uh, as a podcast, as far as uh, giving me the fuel to do what I need to do, as far as uh, getting me the beans, that black gold. I'm talking about coffee, Couchtown Coffee specifically. I French press that stuff and and drink it by the gallons. No, not quite, but it's a uh, it's pretty obscene. I like coffee a lot, and Couchtown Coffee fuels me on the daily. And because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to you can go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. You can enter the promo code Schools Out. Schools Out is the promo code, and it will save you 20% on your entire order. 20%. That is insanity. That's unheard of for small businesses. And so hats off to Couchtown Coffee for being that awesome. You are going to get the freshest coffee you have ever had. I guarantee it. So go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Check it out. I'm out of here for another week. Uh, I've got a great episode coming up next week. I'm working on one with uh, the guy that does the graphic design for the podcast, and uh, we're just uh, po- you know polishing up the loose ends on that podcast. So stay tuned for that one. That one's going to be a really fun one, I promise. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.